Hey, Howlers. Welcome back. Season 2, ow, ow. Golden Sun. A couple quick warnings to get you started here. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. We're going we're gonna to cuss straight up. Cursing aloud. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, spoilers. Bunch of slagging bloody damn spoilers. We're going to talk about everything that happens in Golden Sun and the rest of the books. If you have not read the books, consider not listening to the podcast. No, Maybe get, get the fork out. Listen uh, or read the books and then come back and listen to yeah, the podcast. Yeah, then definitely. Or reread them with us, but don't first listen. Exactly. And follow us at HowlerPod. We're going to make some cool memes and stuff. On the social medias, that's on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at HowlerPod. How's that spelled? H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. Great spelling. And now, HowlerPod. Hello, Howlers! Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every week we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Pierce Brown. Ow, ow! I am your host, Ben Ryder. I am joined today by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hey, Howlers! We're talking about Golden Sun today, Aaron. Season two. Season two. two. Woo! We did I it. Do, I do like Golden Sun. It's not my favorite book, but it's definitely one of my favorite books. <laughs> this is my <laughs> personal favorite Red Rising book, so I am extremely excited to uh, hop in to Golden Sun here today. We really hope you're enjoying the reread of Red Rising. Uh, let us know what you think. You know, make sure you're subscribing rating reviewing that podcast five stars only yeah don't don't review it if it's not five stars like <laughs> we don't want our uber rating yeah, to drop or exactly. whatever only five star reviews please let's get into golden sun right let's get into it chapters one through five i hope you guys read we're gonna start with our chapter summaries we are let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries hopefully we don't shit our suits but we might. It would be bad. That's all right. We you just know, have to clean everyone's up. done it. <laughs> one time or another. <laughs> all right, Ben, you start. Part one, bow. Chapter one, warlords. We join a now 20-year-old Darrow at the academy where he stands on the bridge of a warship with his lancers, Roke, Tactus, and Victra Ao Julia. Sex pot. <laughs> she is the half sister of Antonia. Bitch. <laughs> it's been two years since Darrow's triumph at the Institute, and now he's at the Academy. The Academy teaches war, and this is Darrow's final test. He's in command of a fleet and in the process of hunting down Carnus Al Bologna, older brother of our blood feud enemy, Cassius. Curly haired sex pot. <laughs> The other sex spot. Uh, Darrow is preparing to make his final maneuver and finish off Carnus once and for all. Roke warns Darrow of a trap, but he's already prepared with a trap of his own and commands the ship forward toward the final confrontation. 
Can I interject and say, can we just have a whole nother book of <laughs> like what happens in the Academy? Because oh, we yeah. jump to the final battle. The space battles seem are amazing. I would take a full like other book. Like how how does Daryl meet Victra? Anyways, yeah. Those were my thoughts while you were uh, <laughs> telling us what happened. Chapter two: The Breach. Darrow's secret trap is a success. His squadrons descend on Carnus's ship, and thirty missiles, fake missiles, destroy Carnus's last ship. While he's celebrating, Darrow and his crew are rammed by a destroyer that they thought they had defeated days before. Chaos reigns, and Darrow barely makes it to his escape pod. Low colors are scrambling. There's obsidians blocking the doors. People clawing on Darrow, trying to get to safety. Everybody freaking out. They're like actually dying on like the <laughs> yeah. simulated missiles. Everyone's pouring out into space. Mm-hmm. Um, but only four people can fit in Darrow's private escape pod because his friends, Victra, Roke, and Tactus, left without him. Mm-hmm. Once Darrow's pod has left the ship, he tries to get to Karnas through his star shell, but the proctors override his computer and he can't shoot it out of there. Fucking proctors. Chapter three, blood and piss. Darrow laments the loss of the 833 people aboard his ship that were killed by Karnas's savage attack. Roke attempts to console him, but the act only serves to illustrate the difference in distance between them. Uh, Darrow retires to a garden to sulk over his failure and soak in a small hot spring. Uh, Augustus calls Darrow on his data pad, and Darrow pulls himself out of the pool, intending to face the music from his master, but he finds that his clothes and razor are missing, and then sees Carnus and six of his cousins blocking the only entrance out of the pool. Darrow attempts to fight, but is overwhelmed by their numbers. They beat him down, saw off his hair, and then pee on him, leaving him there broken, bloodied, and embarrassed. Well, now they're pee story. <laughs> I mean, Cassius are pee brothers now. <laughs> A bond that can never be broken. <laughs> Maybe that's why they became friends again. Right. <laughs> like, remember that we like, hey, remember that on? one time you got peed on? Dude, that happened to me too. <laughs> All right, chapter four, Fallen. Darrow waits before Augustus, listening to Pliny, Leto, and his liege talk about the sons of Ares. Finally, Augustus acknowledges that Darrow has been standing there forever, and um, he tells him that he will soon be released from the Augustus household, which means he'll lose his protection. Augustus can no longer keep Darrow because he lost to Carnus, and mostly because he got peed on. Darrow suspects. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. Darrow suspects Pliny um, is the one who spread the video, ruining his reputation. This takes us to chapter five, abandoned. So now that Darrow's been dropped and he's lost his protection, he's basically contemplating his own death because he's like, as soon as I am not protected by House Augustus, I'm gonna die. Tactus is arguing with some other lancers about how long. Darrow will last. Uh, they all know that the Bolognas will come for Darrow as soon as they can. Cassius's mother, Julia, has implored her family every night since Julian's death to bring her Darrow's heart on a platter. Darrow knows it's only a matter of time until one of the Bolognas exceeds, or succeeds. I mean, Darrow thinks of Mustang and regrets pushing her away to pursue Eo's cause in the art of war. He is now alone alone. 
Roke attempts to console him again, but Daryl just brushes him off. Their ship arrives at Luna, and Daryl was filled with dread, knowing what lies ahead. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so that's it's kind uh, of a downer at the that's end. That's a tough there. start. It's a tough start. But it what a start! I mean, this book <laughs> just like fucking took off. Yeah, I love the I love the beginning of this book for sure. I went way past chapter five because I was like, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, on a roller coaster. Don't do that though, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> wait for us. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and start at six again. Just make sure you're listening to the pod as you go. There you go. Right. So Ben. What was the theme for those first five chapters? Yeah, so now what you know what happened, uh, we got to decide what this theme is, and we decided on failure. Because that's all that happened. <laughs> that's a lot of failure. A lot of Darrow failure here. And you can't win them all. Right. It's the first time in like two and a half years, pretty much. Like Ever since Cassius stuck that sword in Darrow's gut, he's pretty much just been winning. That's true. And All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Right. And now he's he was like becoming this huge celebrity and everybody is loving him. He's killing it at the academy. All his uh lancers are like, Daryl, you're amazing. And uh <laughs> he's like, I got Carnus here all wrapped up. I'm about to go claim my laurels. And, and he thought his trap was the only trap, which right. was his failure. Right. And so this leads to Daryl's ultimate failure and uh, abandonment by Augustus. So let's talk about some quotes from the chapters that illustrate this theme of failure. And generally, it's all just <laughs> there's little victories, but they're they're small and compared to being right. Well, I think on. the first part or the first kind of shot across the bow in our theme of failure is Roke telling Darrow, guard your hubris, remember Pax, pride kills. And this is kind of what you were just talking about when you said Darrow had a trap laid, but he didn't think about Karnas having his own trap laid. And this quote, remember Pax, pride kills, he's saying Darrow's pride kills. Darrow's pride killed Pax. Yeah. That which, Roke is Darrow's friend, but he's also like, getting real right and that and we remember what darrow felt like after that the the amount of guilt and like how difficult that pax's death was for him to deal with and i think that's also illustrated in the next chapter when darrow's talking about all the lower lower colors that died on the ship and he says more people just died in a blink than during the whole year of the institute their deaths opening a black hole in my stomach. This is when Darrow still feels all the deaths that he causes. <laughs> I think he's, yeah, he's usually pretty good about that in these first three books. At least feeling guilty. In these first three books, for sure. Right. Iron- and then um, the Academy doesn't even acknowledge that anyone died because no golds died. Right. Him and Roke have that whole conversation where they're like, Roke's like, they're, they signed up for this. and Right. Darryl's and that's like, when you're like, Roke's not on the same yeah. political page right? as Darrow. Yeah, Darrow kind of says to himself, like, how could my friend think that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in the, that's a peer into the future, into Roke and Darrow's yeah. disagreement growing further. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, I mean, that's kind of your first seed of, like, 
you can see those two differ mm-hmm. like broke for as good as he is and uh, as smart as he is and, um, and thoughtful cause and thoughtful exactly uh he still thinks like a gold ultimately mm-hmm. you know rich gold because that's what he is right so uh the next quote we're talking about darrow's ultimate goal which is eo's dream and fulfilling the promise that he made to her and it's uh but before today victory made me full because with every victory i've come closer to making eo's dream real now defeat has robbed me of that i failed her today there's a theme right there i mean daryl's really feeling it right there yep that kind of takes us to his confrontation with Carnus in the the garden he's telling Carnus the game is over you won like at this point yeah you're like don't fucking pee on me bro (laughs) at this point he's (laughs) kind of like broken a little bit like this failure has really kind of fucked with his head you know like he if he's telling Carnus like he's not even lipping off to Carnus he's just like dude the game's over you won just get away from me and he realizes he's about to get his ass kicked right because he doesn't have his razor right and then Carnus has to say rise so high in mud you <laughs> but he's like bigger than Pax. Right. Like fucking huge. Also, I think the golds around Darrow think that he's kind of pouty and broken because of his pride. But really internally, he's struggling with the fact that like all those people died. Right. And nobody cares. And it was his fault that they died. Yep. And he's supposed to be the person that's standing up for them. You're like, yeah. And he even. It was even worse than them just like, oh, they all died. It was like he was like pushing them out of the way right. to save himself and Theodora. Yeah, he has that the confrontation with those greys where mm-hmm. he's about to, you know, put Theodora on the escape pod and they're like, She's a slave and he has to It's like she's mine. Yeah. He tells them like he's gonna save her life, but then he has to literally like tell like the other three like you gotta figure it out right <laughs> only two more and then he, the i thought that was a great like little sequence where he's like pressing the button to say goodbye and he salutes mm-hmm. to that gray and the gray salutes back just like a silent oh, acceptance yeah <laughs> and all, it's all f- like for school right it's not even like a real fight exactly and that's i think that's kind of where darrow has a hard time you know making that connection so not only do we have just the actual failure in the academy losing to Carnus, the next thing is he has failed Augustus ultimately now. Because Augustus said, don't let the Bologna win. Right. Like, if you have to take second, just make sure it's not to Bologna. Right. Yeah, I think at one point he uh, he says, my enemies embarrassed you, so they embarrassed me, Darrow. You told me you would win, but then you lost. And that changes everything. Wow. That's pretty rough. Ties only go so deep when I, you're not family. Yeah, I guess it's just a huge dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this, like, they have that whole conversation. Um, Daryl says, I stand before my master, but he does not care. I was his favorite, second only to Leto. Now he is a stranger and I an embarrassment. Um, so that just kind of reinforces that. Uh, not only has he failed in in his mission to win the academy, but he's also failed with Augustus, and now we he has to deal with the fallout and the being peed on, <laughs> and being we, peed you on. You keep forgetting to mention it. <laughs> and then you just said Augustus is a dick, mm-hmm. so 
this is a quote uh, emphasizing that. It says, Augustus doesn't look into my eyes as he abandons me. Yeah, he's really super cold that entire time. And yeah, he's like stroking his lion, looking at Pliny. Right. Just And he calls Darrow in and then acts like he's not there the entire time. Right. And one thing I had, had kind of thought of along with this theme of failure is that not only, you know, he, fa- he fails at the academy, he's kind of feels like I failed Augustus. I think he's also, he kind of mentions this a few times, Darrow, Darrow does. He's kind of feeling like he's failing the sons of Ares because... Well, he re- he thinks he's about to die, basically. Right. He's going to die. He also hasn't had any contact with them in two years, so he doesn't even know, like, he's am like, I even doing Dan- the right thing? Where the thing? fuck is Dancer? Yeah. He and thinks so, Dancer might be dead. Yeah. And so now he... He's failed himself. He's failed Augustus. He thinks he's failed Eo mm-hmm. and the Sons. It's just ultimately these. Fir- there's a lot that Darrow is dealing with just in these first five chapters, and then at the end, you know, all of this is really hitting him. He's doing a lot of kind of reflection. He's thinking about Mustang. He's thinking about his path there, and then he said, "My path has never felt lonelier." He also, yeah, he doesn't have Mustang either. Right. He pushed her away. Poor guy. If he knew we were there for him. Right. All us howlers. <laughs> and also he was saying he thinks Pliny sent uh, Severo and the howlers away. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Just to, I don't know, what's Pliny's problem? He's just a real schemer. But like, why does he hate Darrow so much? I think that he just sees him as a threat, you know? Or because he's poor, maybe? And he probably doesn't respect him because he's poor. I think that's a good point by you, yeah. So, speaking of Pliny, little soft-faced bitch boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love that part where he touches Darrow, and Darrow's like, the last person that touched me, <laughs> or the last gold that touched me like that. It's like he's I stuck a knife in his cerebellum face. <laughs> seven times. <laughs> and he's like... Don't touch me, you scarless little pixie. Right. <laughs> Even though that was great when he, you know, was like, I don't, I'm a peerless guard. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to listen to you. He still is failing <laughs> because. Uh, he's really grasping at that point. You right. know, he's like Plenty, trying to. Plenty's winning the games of society and like gossip behind the scenes, which Darrow is really bad at because he's like not involved in that right. scene. And he, he doesn't even, like, get on the hollow or anything. He can't control it. He doesn't care about it. And that also comes into play later on when Jackal takes over. You know, like, yeah, he has control he of all the news outlets and all that stuff like that. He's not on Facebook. He's not. <laughs> he really needs to up his social media making game. making connections on LinkedIn. He's, yeah. he's not, you know, getting out there. Um, so the quote for this one is, he's ended families with a rumor here, a joke there. His power is of a different breed. Where I am kinetic energy, he is potential. Mm-hmm. And he also uh, suspects Pliny either put Carnus up to the beating or at least like set up the hollow cam to record the being and the peeing right. to spread around and like further ruin Daryl's yeah. reputation. Yeah. I mean, Pliny is a real dick. He sucks also. I, I actually would rather deal with someone like Augustus than Pliny because yeah. at least you know Augustus, what he's doing. 
Right. He's just mean. He's a little more predictable for right. sure. Like he's kind of power. You're he's like, more about oh, power. He's do the worst thing. That's good. Right. But plenty, you don't really know who he's been talking to, where he's got his fingers. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally understand that. He's a little sneak, and we hate him. He does suck. That whole conversation that him and Augustus have about how there's like, oh, let's just sacrifice like oh a thousand, you yeah, know, let's send suicide green bombers. And <laughs> children we gotta kill and some high colors. Yeah, it's just like golly, these guys <laughs> suck. Right. <laughs> He's like in like a blink of an eye, or in one conversation, millions of people have been put to death or something. Mm-hmm. So that's the theme for this week. Failure. So it's kind of a tough we one. We all have times in our lives when not everything's going hey, well. Failure is good. It's how you learn. I have to say, though, at least at this point, I've never been peed on. True. We're <laughs> we're doing pretty well. I think we're doing a little better than Darrow. We have not been beaten and peed on yet. I've neither been beaten or peed on <laughs> or both in the same in the same instance. But yeah, I mean, failure is good. Something that you we all have to uh, learn from. You know, overcoming failure is part of being a human. Or That's a my life. That's my life lesson for the week. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Moving on. What's next? I think we're gonna do the Prime Five, right? And the Prime Five is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. I'll take the first one. I want to talk about some little character tidbits from these chapters. So uh, this is kind of a potpourri Prime 5 topic here. Uh, There was just some cool characterization type stuff that I noticed during these chapters. We also meet some new characters uh, that we're going to know for a long time. So the first is Victra is introduced here. She has a really cool description about how she disdains makeup in favor of the scars she's earned through her 27 years. There are many. She already tries to do a little flirtation with with Darrow, which is cool. I always say that I would definitely just fall for Victra immediately. Yeah. Ben's more for the multiple scarred woman (laughs) than beautiful Mustang. I just like the dangerous aspect of her <laughs> i am in love with mustang because of the horses <laughs> for you it's all about horses oh she rides a horse yeah, yeah. she's amazing she, aaron just wants to go horse riding with mustang i just want to do dangerous stuff with <laughs> okay that's weird the next this is thing, not pg i didn't mean i didn't mean that in a weird oh, way oh i, I thought like, it in a sex way <laughs> that's not how i meant it <laughs> so anyway. but also that anywho the next thing the next thing I noticed was this is also the introduction of Theodora the Rose. She actually saves Darrow's life. She like pries a whole piece chunk of metal from the ship off of him and then And her leg shattered. Yeah. And then he saves her life and she'll obviously become a larger character as the books go on. And then the last little character potpourri tidbit that I had was uh Tactus talks about his brothers and how they would throw an epic party that even Darrow could get laid at. Um, and they're doing stim shots. Right. So I thought that was kind of funny just because we were going to meet Apollonius, obviously, in Iron Gold coming up. And I like him as a character. I fucking love Apollonius. Even though he's like a bad guy. He's insane, but he's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right. You got the next one. Uh, next Prime 5, I wanted to... Uh, back to Mustang, <laughs> the love of my life. <laughs> um, I I like the little tidbit that we got in here, um, kind of a little peek into their relationship between Mustang and Darrow, their love connection. Yeah. Because remember that we have a two-year gap between Red Rising and Golden Sun, ex- mm-hmm. except for the prologue, which is still in red rising right all right um but then we have a gap what's dero doing in this gap i don't know is he could be he be training with could he be training i have no idea idea. maybe maybe we don't know there are rumors (laughs) so um i'm just gonna read a little quote and i chopped it up to make it shorter so mustang and daryl are talking and mustang says you're more than this he says what choice do i have she says, me, I'm the other choice. Stay for me. Stay for what might be. And then she trails off saying, that's not the man I. And then um, Daryl's like, love? Is that what we built in the year after the Institute? And you're like, what happened after the Institute? <laughs> 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 what were you guys doing? We don't know. Yeah. That's why we need the interim book and the Academy book. You need your like romance. I need the sub books. Yeah. I need the Academy Fighting mm. book and I need the Romance book. Once our podcast gets huge, we'll just ask. We'll ask Pierce about it, and we'll call him on his personal phone number. <laughs> I think Bye. he will most definitely give us his personal cell phone number. Yep. And we should just text he him did about like it. your tweet that one time, <laughs> so I think we're on a oh, good I'm track. Oh, I'm already friends with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I just need to get his. I he I think he changed his number, <laughs> so I just so have to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Anyways. I just have to. We're just back. We're, we're in between. <laughs> Back to Prime Five. It's getting creepy. I don't think Ben likes Victor. I think he likes Pierce. Maybe. He's not. I don't think he's scarred though. He's got pixie clear skin. That's true. Not that you're pixie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Prime Five, Mustang and Daryl love connection. That was a big one. Always good. Always good. Um, Okay. So the next one that I wanted to talk about was. There's a lot of shit talking on blues in this. And don't forget, listeners, that Ben is a blue. Right. After reading these chapters, I'm kind of reconsidering whether I want to be a blue now. You can't be a gold. I already took it. That's true. But, like, Daryl calls them, like, airbrains at one point. Well, they don't really talk. They just plug in. Yeah, he calls them, like, computer heads and stuff. And just, they seem really vacuous. You'd have to be a lot less social. Right. They don't talk to people. They just seem like they're really into flying spaceships. Which is why you chose to be a blue. I want to fly a spaceship, but I want to fly my own spaceship. I don't want to be one of these synced blues that's like a computer guy on a big spaceship. Well, they're... Okay. I want my own... We can argue this later, but... Personal (laughs) Ripwing. You want to be Han Solo. Anyway, yes. Anyway, there's just some, some... some terrible shit talking on blues and now i'm reconsidering whether i want to be a blue or not also pierce has a really great description about one of the blues being a stain on the console after he gets like crushed by the well, ship. he was too scared to leave and that's right. why theodora was behind i just thought that was very um great description a really He's great a stain description. on quietus <laughs> yeah like on the bulkhead and quietus is now very quiet i was like dang that's graphic pierce <laughs> Oh, he goes he goes hard. All right, so another one uh, of the Prime Fives that 
I thought was really cool was that Augustus has a pet lion. <laughs> and it's like the whole scene that Pierce paints with Augustus sitting by his lion, who, you know, golds are huge, so I bet the lion looks like a great Dane or something. I think that's the opening of that chapter. Chapter 5, Abandoned, opens with Augustus uh, petting his lion with a viewport of space right. behind him. It's and it's a scene. It's and a it's good just visual. a really, yeah, really cool visual. And um, also the lion is like trained um, to wait for the slab of meat. Yeah, I was like, he's a dog. I can't even train my dog to do that, which I don't have a dog. <laughs> I'm talking about my parents' dog. <laughs> I guess he's got to be a carved lion, so he's probably like got a computer chip in his brain or something like that. I feel like Augustus is the type of man who would want a real earth lion. I know, like a Do ferocious. Do you think that earth lions are even real anymore? Like, are even they're probably extinct. I don't know. I feel like everything's got to be carved in this universe now. Well, my point is, it's a cool thing that he has a pet lion. Sure, I agree. And it makes him more of a badass. It's very scary to think about, like Augustus sitting behind a desk like petting a lion with space behind him and just like damn that would be intimidating as fuck and then yeah daryl's about to get dumped <laughs> worst breakup of your life okay uh last item on the prime five list this is our typical god we love pierce and his writing so we're <laughs> we starting have a whole segment about how much we love <laughs> Pierce is right. Yeah, if you want to play a drinking game to the podcast, just drink every time we say that Pierce is a great writer. Or um, how much we creepy love him. Yeah, but I just wanted to talk about the opening to this book and just like how cinematic the opening of this book. It reminds me of like an Avengers movie or something like, you know how every action movie blockbuster starts with like this wild opening scene and there's like uh, quips yeah like, everybody's quipping with each other and like hey iron man hey captain america <laughs> joke, <laughs> right. joke 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we were like looking out on space and we've got all this technology around and we're about to uh go into some action sequence it's like you've got like the camera swooping right to, like, <laughs> exactly i can just like imagine daryl on the console yeah i can imagine daryl like walking um up to the spaceport and like making jokes and then like his <laughs> pointing yeah the camera like swoops behind him and looks out onto space and he's like into the breach <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets fucked up by carnage but i just thought that was like super cinematic i would love to see if uh the tv show ever becomes a real thing i hope pierce gets to write some episodes because i feel like his writing would fit really well uh, with that cinematic or, or TV experience. Also, if you are a true howler and you win the lottery, then you'll pay for a TV show <laughs> oh, with gonna, your winnings. Yeah, we'll, we'll finance one. So now that we've finished our Prime 5, it's time to name our Primus of the Week, where we choose the one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. Our Primus of the Week is... Carnus. It's... Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is our logic. If you pee on the, someone... You're Primus. <laughs> I then mean, you win the week. It's the Titus Corollary is what we're calling it. We... Yeah. And we know for a fact... Well, 
We know up until before Dark Age that there is no other pee contest. <laughs> I'm kind of worried about Pierce and how he right makes everyone get peed on. I know. That, that was a thing I was thinking about because I didn't remember that Darrow got peed on. And then you're like, oh, him and Cassius, they're and bonded. Now they're, yeah, now they're pee brothers. So, yeah, I feel like. I bet Severo is going to ask someone to pee on him just so he can be part of the club. <laughs> 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 he definitely would. And he would probably He's like, be. Oh, wait, Daryl, you got peed on? Like, will you pee on me? I want to be part of this. <laughs> Do you think he would ask Daryl to pee on him or Victor oh, yeah. to pee on him? <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically our logic behind that. Is We thought about Pliny being the primus of the week just because he's doing a lot of behind the scenes slimy shit pulling strings and he kind of achieved his goal of you know well both of them kind of are getting their way Carnus won right uh at the academy and then beat darrow up and then Pliny's getting rid of darrow which for some reason is his like ultimate goal but ultimately we already said that titus was primus for peeing on somebody so we gotta <laughs> we gotta give it's carnus at this point <laughs> yeah oh well yeah. i guess a bologna can win that's okay yeah i mean i think cassius will win at some point you love cassius I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on quickly because i hate when bad guys win i know we don't want to talk about it anymore so ben what are you into this week this week I'm into a new comic book called Batman White Knight. So it's a full graphic novel. Um, all the issues together, I would highly uh, recommend it. It's really cool. Uh, basically what happened, I'll just kind of tell you the basic plot. No spoilers or anything like that. But in this comic, the Joker goes good. So he basically like... But he's insane. Right. Him and Batman get in a tussle... And then Joker starts taking some medication, basically. Or he like Batman shoves oh, a bunch of pills. Well, he shoves a bunch of pills in his mouth, <laughs> and it kind of cures the Joker of his insanity. And then the Joker becomes like a uh, white knight for Gotham City against Batman. He talks about uh, the amount of destruction that Batman causes to the city and um yep, yep and like how much it costs people and uh and so it's just really interesting it's really cool kind of flip on the story so in this one's like the bat uh the joker goes good and batman is the bad guy in this story and it's called batman white knight batman white knight check it out it's pretty good hey aaron what are you into this week this week i am into a novel it's a murder mystery novel, and it's called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, and it's by Stuart Turton. Turton. You were telling me about this, and it sounds super interesting. It is. Um, basically, no spoilers. I, I'll, also, I'm only halfway through <laughs> it, so I can't really spoil it. But it's really good. Um, really, really great writing. Very descriptive writing. And so far, halfway through... You basically jump into different um, viewpoints or bodies. Right, you were telling me it's like seven people in a house or something like that, people, right? people uh-huh, in a mansion, and it's like old money, rich people out in the country in a mansion. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it kind of reminds me of like Clue, mm-hmm. but like a serious version. Right. 
it's like Clue plus Groundhog Day, right? Where, but and then like, right, yeah. You're so kind like of you, s- you keep seeing the same day over and over, but mm-hmm. from different viewpoints, different bodies, yeah, of people yeah. On, at the house or whatever. And there's some other kind of um, unnatural things going on. Ooh, is what nice. I'll say. So it's not all, it's not just viewpoints, right? It's you're like actually moving. Oh, okay. It's really, really good. And even if you don't like fantasy, which obviously you do because you're listening to this, <laughs> it's very much like based in reality. Yeah. So, Okay, like so it. we've got Joker is a good guy, Batman's a bad guy, and we've got Clue plus Groundhog Day. I mean, those are some which pretty... Is, it's called The Seven and a Half <laughs> Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. If you type in seven and a half, the like numerical value, mm-hmm. it'll pull it up. Nice. Uh, yeah, so those are some really good suggestions. You guys are welcome. Uh, you are welcome. <laughs> Please give us suggestions, too, because um, mostly our suggestions are Netflix series. Because, <laughs> like, we do read and uh, we are interesting, but we also watch a lot of Netflix. That's true. I was about so. to recommend The Good Place. It's forking great. <laughs> It is really good. So that's our third <laughs> suggestion of the week. <laughs> uh, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, what's coming up on the next episode of HowlerPod? Ep uh, two is chapters six through eleven, which takes us up to part two. Mm-hmm. That's going to be in your Golden Sun books. Oh, Golden Sun, right? <laughs> this is the HowlerPod, so it's for all books, Red Rising series. True. All right, uh, so that you heard it here, chapters 6 through 11. It's a little bit longer than this week's, but that's okay. But Um, it's so exciting. There's a lot of good action in this part, yeah. Uh, So read those chapters, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HowlerPod. H-O-W-L-A-R-P-O-D. And if you would like to send us an email or suggestion for the show or a question or... Uh, what you're into or this week. Or a funny meme. I love memes. Aaron loves memes. Send her memes. You can do that at howlerpod at gmail.com. Just howlerpod at gmail.com, not at howlerpod at gmail.com. Yeah, howlerpod at gmail.com. Like a normal email. Right. <laughs> the, the same, <laughs> like an email. <laughs> All right. It's been fun, and we're so excited to be in season two. Yeah. And we got some shirts. yeah so um golden sun is in swing uh, in swing full swing i think that's what i was trying to say golden sun's in their star shell and the proctors are not blocking them we are not blocked we're launching fuck you proctors all right thanks howlers thank you howlers omnis vir lupus oh